0: I had a student who brought in pickles to share with his lunch table and you know he shared a pickle with me and then from that point forward we have tried different pickled items for about the last 2 months
1: I'm very excited to have you here with us today, Craig. Thank you, Craig Blower, uh, principal at Swan Valley Middle School, lifetime educator and friend. And so, Craig, can you tell us, tell everyone a little bit about your background and how you've come to be a middle school principal?
0: First off, thanks for the invitation. You know, uh, it's always a good thing to to convince with uh, fellow educators. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this is my. She's thirty third year in education, I believe. Um, Did a a little stint as a graduate assistant and teacher at Central Michigan University. And I thought I was going to be a PhD. Then I (laughs) decided that wasn't the track, so I moved down to uh, South Bend, Indiana, and taught parochial school at a six or a what K eight primary school right outside of Notre Dame. And that was an amazing experience. And that was kind of my hook for the middle level. Um, Then, you know, things happen, you get married, and we moved back home and um, ended up teaching alternative ed over in Saginaw Township and started up the alternative program there, which was an excellent experience as well. And then moved over to Swan Valley. And in the last 28 years, I've Done the gambit of high school teacher, middle school teacher, assistant principal, high school principal, principal 612, middle school principal, and then recycled back to the middle school again. So my uh, rule has always been eight. Uh, I've never done the same position for more than eight years. So
1: (laughs) that's the rule of
0: eight. Yep. (laughs) Keeps things fresh, and you you know you move someplace and then you bounce. In different roles within the same organization. So it's been a really great thing, you know, as a teacher and as an administrator, I think my my favorite uh, grades are 7th and 12th. 7th huh? grade is that sweet spot in middle school where they're not, you know, 6th graders that are elementary kids still losing teeth and <laughs> dealing with that stuff. And they're not eighth graders who think they run everything and know everything. <laughs> and seniors are just, you know, they're they're a unique group. They're they're little adults and you can speak with them like that. And they're always fun.
1: Yeah. That's great. So the 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 rule of eight, I really I like that idea and I hadn't thought of it, but I have recognized that in my own career, that I I don't stay too long at any one place i mean depending on what you call long i guess i was nine years as an um, an administrator but um i i kind of like to learn new things so yeah right. uh, that's a great with the rule of eight i like it yeah so you've had that opportunity to um move around and one of the things i think about that is so unique is i remember when i was you know young and in college and I was going into teaching and I thought oh maybe one day I would be a school administrator but really it was about the kids for me and the um opportunity to connect with them and i really had no idea how broad my experience would become just by selecting education as my field right like it's so much more than teaching and learning i mean that is the premise of everything but I've been able to grow beyond what I could have ever imagined when I was young. It sounds like you've had that experience yourself and in the way that you've moved and looks for new opportunities.
0: Right. And it, it always is about the kids. You always come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, In my current role as a building principal, you know, there's a lot of student stuff, but there's also a lot of other things that have to happen, whether it's teacher evaluations or paperwork or, or whatnot, but, from a student perspective, probably being assistant principal was the most student focused mm. that that I had as far as an experience, because, you know, as an AP, you're dealing with everything student related from discipline to graduation and everything in between. Um, everything was about the kid. You were working with your counselors and your other administrative team, but it was all all student directed and student focused. You know, there wasn't a lot of other stuff to get in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the the AP from a student perspective is probably the best position only because like I said, it was so student centered from, you know, testing to scheduling to programming to, you know, discipline to, you know, what's going on with Johnny because you had that relationship with Johnny over time or or Susie. So
1: that's interesting. So your, your perspective is that the assistant principal is, closest to your mission like if you're a mission-driven educator and why you went into the work it's it's the closest you get to really connecting with kids that's a that's a yeah. great
0: perspective I mean yeah. teachers obviously in the front lines you know they're yeah. they're there but as an administrator probably that AP position yeah. was the most student focused yeah of any of the positions, that, positions yeah. I've had
1: and and so then I have this conversation with people a lot about um you know, the the higher up you go from assistant principal to principal or some people principal to superintendent or, you know, the work I do where I'm not necessarily in schools every day, people think or they feel like they're moving away from the kids. How do you justify that in your mind or in your thinking?
0: Um, I schedule my day to make sure that I have contact with kids every day. Oh, and, and that's intentional. And I think probably every good building principal does that to uh-huh. whatever degree they can. You know, I start my day with, you know, the walk of the building and checking subs and everything in. And then we go to breakfast and I spend the first 20 minutes of the school day with kids down in the cafeteria at breakfast. Oh. And they get to class and I make sure if at all possible, I'm there at lunch and then passing times end of day. you know, those It saves you work in the long run because you build relationships with kids and you also kind of get a feel for who's having a good day and who's having a bad day. And, you know, you can interact with students in a casual way so that when you have to interact in a different way, you have that relationship to build (laughs) on. So
1: you're being very, yeah, you're being very purposeful then in. A carving out that time for your own sanity, so yes. that you get to be with the with the kids, the place you get your energy, but then also in building relationships.
0: Right, and it is you know it's silly things. Um, we started uh, pickled Thursdays. Oh, uh huh. What are pickled
1: Thursdays?
0: <laughs> I have a, a student who brought in pickles to share with his lunch table, and you know he shared a pickle with me, and then from that point forward, we have tried different pickled items for about the last two months. So he's not very adventurous. He likes to stick to the pickles, but some of his other uh, peer group have tried, you know, pickled asparagus and pickled uh, green beans and artichoke hearts and...
1: (laughs) So that's interesting. Uh, So do you do that with like a small group or is it kind of grown to be a building wide thing?
0: We started doing it with just a a lunch table and then, it started getting beyond that, like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, can I try? So,
1: <laughs> so now we eat,
0: we eat a jar of whatever we've got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is awesome. And kids bring it and you bring it. Correct. Oh, that's great. What's the craziest pickled thing you've had?
0: Uh, right now it's pickled eggs. Oh. And some person continues to say they're going to bring pickled pigs' feet, <laughs> Okay. Which I, don't, I don't know if I can do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to have to. <laughs> i mean it it can't be lost on the fact that you are in a middle school right and so kids middle school kids in particular are adventuresome and if they're going to take risks this is the place to have them take them so you're also giving them that opportunity to take risks. that's great i'm gonna i'm gonna have to find you some pickled pigs i don't
0: know if there is
1: oh oh that's great so um Craig, you know, this job is hard. It's really, really hard. So first, tell me the best experience you've had as a principal. What was the favorite thing that's happened to you that you're just like, still can't believe, you know, I'm living in my shoes and that I had that experience?
0: There's a lot. Um, I, you know, the, the things that I, I guess I go back to, you know, I encourage every person, teacher, administrator, whoever, to start that boy file because you will over the course of your career get notes from kids and cards and whatnot. And, you know, as you do drop those into that file. And when you have a bad day, you get that file out and you, you know, pull out a random, you know, Valentine card from one or whatever. And you go, "Oh, there's my little pick me up when it, the day is not going so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of the things that I think of that are, that are the great things, are the stuff that you do with kids. You know, we we travel with our students. Um, that's part of our culture here in our district. So any overnight an administrator goes. So, you know, I go to the Business Professionals of America, a competition in Grand Rapids with my students. We travel to Washington DC in the spring and, and we get to go with the kids. Um, I, again, as a, Assistant principal, we, we always did senior trip down at Cedar Point. And I remember going to a, a student's graduation party. And one of the things that they had written was my favorite day of high school was when I rode roller coasters with Mr. Blower.
1: Because
0: uh. we ran, we rode probably 20 roller coasters from, you know, dusk to dawn. And It's like, it was fun. We just had a good time and, and hung out with the kids. And those are the things that I think, you know, get you through. Like you said, and that attaboy file, if you you don't have one, start one. Yeah. You know.
1: (laughs) So the best times for you really are those moments when the kids recognize you and the relationship that you have with them and kind of pull, pull it out in a note or in a message or a high five or whatever those those are the things that bring you through and i mean i think you're exactly right i talked about it in my previous one of the you mentioned it earlier the rhino podcast about the file i had that i labeled bs yeah <laughs> you need also the other file that's like this is really the good the good stuff right yeah that's, exactly, that's
0: awesome. and again, I, I just think it's it's all those things. This, it's the same with staff. You know, you have those great memories with staff that typically aren't, you know, their 2010 teacher evaluation memory.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you yeah. Know, it's the yeah. things that you've done to to build relationships with the adults in your building, because, again, they're the primary caretakers for the kids yeah. that, at the classroom level. So what are you doing to take care of those individuals as well? because happy teachers make happy kids. Yeah.
1: Relationships is the heart of it, whether that be with the adults or or the kids. That's great. What about the hardest? What was the worst or the hardest experience you had as an administrator?
0: Probably the hardest. Unfortunately, we've we've all done it, is an expulsion
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because, you know, and I've been through a handful of them. It's not like we expel a ton of kids. But every time that you go through that process, you know the terrible impact it's going to have on the kid. Yeah. And there typically is never a, a positive expulsion issue. And, you know, it might be the right thing to do at the time, but it's also going to have long-lasting impacts on that person. So that's probably the hardest thing to do from an administrator standpoint is, yeah. is that expulsion of a student
1: they, for whatever not- reason it is. Uh, and i i don't think that people the general public often sees that human side of us right like you know as educators we do go into it because we care about the kids and we and and i remember i really did have a heart a place in my heart for every one of my students and so when 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 the law requires you to move to that level to keep things safe and secure for everyone else it's heartbreaking right it's heartbreaking so yeah it's that's tough
0: you know because yeah. you're facing that individual you're facing that family you're you and know, you know, the know what they did means. yeah you know what they did is wrong but and you know what the impact is going to be in the future
1: yeah and you know we we see each kid is um growing up and it's our job to help them learn and so at that point, you have to decide now, like, you can't take that responsibility anymore because they've done something that puts others at risk. And it's hard to let go of <laughs> We're teachers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a toughie. Craig, how do you think the environment has changed? I'm going to say from, like, early career till now, but you could even say pre-pandemic to now. What, what do you think's changed about the work?
0: From early career to now? just the the freedom and trust, I guess, of educators by the general public and population. And, you know, I think of some of the things that I did as a teacher that would be so controversial now, but again, they were good learning experiences for my kids. I, You know, when I was in the classroom, I taught a class called Global Studies, and one of the, the units was Global Religions. And... I am not an expert on global religion. So yeah. I found I found people that were. I, yeah. took my, I took my students to a Jewish synagogue. I took them to a mosque. I took them to a Catholic church. Yeah. And you know, if you were gonna tell people that you're gonna take a group of kids to a synagogue or a mosque today so they could talk to a rabbi or uh, an amen or an amen, excuse me, and you know, that would just cause an uproar. Yeah, you know, you're indoctrinating our kids with. You know, but it was an amazing experience for the kids. You know, I, I've been to a, you know, a, a Jewish temple before and, you know, you follow their rules and regulations and you learn a ton because it is such a different component. You know, I, I brought Mormons in to talk to my class and because I'm not an expert on, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the church. So, yeah. and again, I don't think that those kind of things would fly anymore, even yeah. though, it was a great learning experience for the kids.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So in some ways, as we've uh, evolved and, and technology becomes more aware, we've, we've also become more restricted and in our abilities to educate kids and the freedoms we have to yeah. to do things with them, more of a right. microscopic view.
0: Right, I just think that academic freedom piece has become much less mm-hmm. in the trust of the general public, with educators to yeah. what's best for their students is, has waned, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's what book are you reading or what article or, you know, what's your daily news show you're showing in your social studies class. If you go that route, you know, those things have radically changed with time.
1: So Craig, what do you do every day to stay positive, keep your chin oh. up, to be able to go in and pump up your teachers and pump up your kids. What is it you do for yourself every day?
0: Again, going back to I I intentionally schedule time with the students. Yeah. And and that's very intentional. Um, From a a personal standpoint, you, you do have to make time for yourself. And if you don't, if you're not good at that, you need to schedule that time where you can put the cell phone down, turn it off. And do something that takes your mind off of the job.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that that's hard for a lot of people to do. That's hard for me to do. Uh You know, um, my wife has been great lately. Um, You know, she's, Taken on a new system of healthy eating, which has had positive impacts on me just by association.
1: <laughs> Good for your wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: And the, the same thing, you know, she takes a daily walk and, you know, we go on that and we intentionally phones at home so that, you know, you're mm-hmm. not getting a text message while you're out doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The text message will be there when I get back. Mm-hmm. It's a half hour <laughs> of my day that's a, just a recharge and a connect with her and, you know, I refresh
1: I've heard our friend and colleague, Marianne, talk about this, Marianne Ackerman, mm-hmm. about um, how hard it is for principals and school leaders to get out of their districts and their buildings <clears throat> and stay present in even professional learning. And um, that that people feel like um, the, the position requires that the community demands that they be on call 24-7. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I've come to learn that it, it really is about having some professional boundaries so that you can be present when you are at work. <laughs> right. And you talk about that when you said leave your phone at home when you go for the walk. Like it, the problem's going to be there when you get back, or if you leave to go to a learning experience, it, you know. What's your leadership style that allows for others to kind of maintain the building so that you can learn and become the best leader that they will need you to be when you're back in the building? So I heard you say the things you do for yourself is one, connect back to your why, which is the kids, and two, make time for yourself uh to maintain your own well being and mental health.
0: I agree. And yeah. and you do you do have to cultivate yeah. your staff, you know. Uh, they're they're great people. Mm-hmm. The people I work with are amazing individuals. Um, unfortunately, my mother passed away unexpectedly before Christmas.
1: I'm so sorry. I
0: appreciate it, and, you know. Um, but my staff stepped up. They uh, they took care of things while I was gone. They knew I needed to be gone. They did what they had to do and didn't miss a beat. And that's yeah. kudos to them that we have a we have systems in place that those things can happen without. That's you know, awesome. building principle in place. Okay. so
1: so what do you do to what do you do that cultivates that? what are your what are your tricks of the trade that you know you do with your staff that helps uh, create that collaboration and also that support system I hear you talking about
0: you've got to get to know your staff. you've got to do some some social things with your staff. you have to know their families. you have to you know, be very intentional about some of that stuff. And, you know, COVID was bad, don't get me wrong, but we did learn from from it and we learned some good things from it that we still do. Um, We had, in our environment at the time, uh, we had a, a remote day. So one day everybody was home and they were learning remotely and teachers were planning and supporting kids, et cetera. But intentionally on that day, the office staff started to do lunches. So Mm -hmm. the first week or two, you know, we made lunch for the staff and everybody got together and everybody ate together and everybody socialized together. And then it grew to, well, the sixth grade will do the same. And then seventh grade took it the next week and eighth grade took the next week. And it just took on a life of its own that we got into that cultural norm of we eat together every Wednesday.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, people learned about each other and people... Just like your family dinner table, we had that same type of conversation that wasn't necessarily school-related mm-hmm. and developed that relationship. So, I mean, those are things that you need to do. Um, last week, Friday, we went to uh Ontario Hockey League game as a staff. Mm-hmm. Those that oh. wanted to go, we we took care of it. Their families came. We spent some family time together at a game. Great. You know, yeah. we, uh, we do Christmas events or activities. We've done road rallies and uh, you know scavenger hunts within the community um those are just kind of you build that that team of, of people and you trust that they're going to do the right thing
1: so you're being purposeful about the socialization piece really you're purposely planning things that get people and their families together because people Correct. after work want to be with their families too right they, and so yeah
0: right because yeah. if you do an activity only for your staff you know well i got a you know, pick my kids up from daycare at this time. Yeah. And, you know, so we do stuff together as a group. So That's your kids awesome. know my kids and our kids are friends and, you know, your wife knows my wife. And yeah. So That's
1: great. That's awesome. Craig, any other pieces of advice for uh, people who are maybe new to the field or old to the field and struggling to like hang in there?
0: I would say find a mentor, find a peer group oh. that will support you. Yeah. Um, again, it's probably not a single individual. It's probably somebody that, or people that have different skill sets yeah. that you that you reach out to and, and find support and bounce ideas off of. Um, you know, our community education director, I'll have an idea and I'll bounce it off of her and she'll say, oh, that's a great idea. Or gosh, that's dumb. We need to re- <laughs> retool.
1: Don't do it. She yeah. is
0: very upfront with me when I have an idea and I, you know. Yeah great idea or not. And the same thing with, uh, with again, COVID, I think back to that, like it, it was bad at times and we were all doing different things and, but we all learned a ton. And in Saginaw County, it became an ad hoc group for us administrators at the middle level, that there were six of us that started doing a weekly zoom just to decompress and bounce ideas off of each other. And what are you, what are you doing with mm-hmm. and just that organic group of, we needed some support. So we Reached out and found that, and that's continued.
1: That's you great.
0: Know, those of us that are still in the field, because a couple of them retired, <laughs> uh, but those that are still in the field, we still reach out to each other with questions and, you know, ask ID for ideas and support. And yeah, so that was a very positive outgrowth of of the COVID situation that we were all in at the time.
1: So find a find some peers, a group of peers, because they're all going to have a little bit different perspective on things, and lean on them. That's your advice. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, Craig, thank you for joining me today. But more than that, I just want to say thank you for your service to the kids and to your community. And uh, one of the things that I've known you, I think, since I was a kid, because you were a neighbor. uh, But one of the things that really came clear and through to me today in our interview is just your commitment and passion for working with students. So thank you for that.
0: You are welcome, and again, they're they're the backbone of the reason we do this. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if that should be the first question you ask them. when you think of something, how is, this, <laughs> how is this going to benefit the students?
1: Join us for our next episode of the Principalship: The Worst Job I Ever Loved.